Well, we are in our fourth week of our series called Why Believe. And the past few weeks, we have been uh, looking at some pretty solid reasons to why we believe what we believe. Uh, things like, you know, why believe? Because, because Jesus claimed to be God. He didn't claim to be some moral teacher. All right? He claimed to actually be God. Or why believe? Because we know that the Bible is authentic and that it's 100% reliable, that we can rely on it and that what's inside of the Bible is true. Or why believe? Because God wants us to know him. Right? He wants us to know him. He wants that relationship with us. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at the idea of God providing for us. Now, I feel like most of us in here, okay, uh, most of us feel, if we're Christians and those of us that have that relationship with God, that uh, we believe that God provides for us in a general sense. Does that make sense? Okay, generally, in a general sense, we're like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, if I were to ask you, and if I were to come up to you and say, you know, does God provide for you in any way, you'd, be, you'd say, of course he does. All right? You know, think about it. We thank God for things. Um, thank you for this day, or thank you for this food. And if we're thanking God for, for him, you know, for stuff, then that means he's ha- he had to have given us um, those things. So, in a general sense, I feel like, most of us in here would agree that, yeah, God provides for us, and, and we believe that. But in a specific sense, I don't think we live our everyday lives as if God does provide for us. All right? I don't think our actions, the way that we live our everyday life, show that, that we believe in our hearts, truly in our hearts, that God does provide for us. And the Bible has a lot to say um, about God providing for us. There are 169 verses in the Bible, and uh, we're going to go through every one. To, I'm just kidding. Um, there's 169 verses in the Bible that talk about specific ways that God provides for us. And uh, Jesus, he felt like that was important that we understand. He actually talked about God providing for us. And uh, we're going to look at one of those times uh, this morning. And so one day Jesus is out um, doing his thing and people are gathering around him, which happened um, so, so often. And, uh, and a crowd forms and the Bible says that he climbs up on this hill and he begins, he sits down and he begins to teach them. Okay. And uh, it's probably one of his most famous talks. Maybe a lot of us in here, I mean, I know a lot of us in here, we've heard it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. All right, it's actually very long. It takes up several chapters um, in, in the book of Matthew. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at just a tiny little portion of this famous talk that Jesus gives where he talks about how we need to trust in God that he will provide. So, you guys with me this morning? Okay, all right. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25, and he says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. All right? He starts off with a command here. He says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. He says, and it sounds pretty general, right? I mean, don't worry about my life. Like, don't worry about anything, or what's he trying to say? He's saying, don't worry about the things that you worry about. All right? Don't worry about those things. And then he addresses some of the things that his audience, the people that he's talking to during this time, he addresses some of the things that they worry specifically about. Next part. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about, or about your body or what you will wear. See, 2,000 years ago, right, you could, you, we know this, and he's talking to his audience, and, and they spent time worrying about, 
worrying about these things. We here in America, we don't worry about these things nearly as much. But, but back then, they didn't have a fridge at home where they could go, you know, I'm hungry, so I go to my fridge. I open it up. I grab something out, you know, and eat. They didn't have anything like that. They didn't have cabinets full of food. They didn't have a, uh, a faucet, you know, at their kitchen sink that they could turn on. And it just runs and runs and runs and runs. They could have as much water as they could possibly want. They didn't have anything like that, right? These people, um, they worried about their body a lot because you could get sick, and a lot of times you would get sick and you, you would die, okay? They didn't have hospitals. They didn't have, um, you know, clinics and, and the medicine that we have today, and so it was a big deal to them. Clothes, that's another big deal for them. Clothes were super expensive, and unfortunately, clothes wore out. And so that was something that they thought about. And so, th- again, those are things that we necessarily don't think about today too often. Or, you know, we think about them, but we don't really spend our time worrying about these things. But I feel like if Jesus was up here and he was talking to us today, he would have some other examples. He would say, hey, um, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about whether or not you're going to be able to retire. Right? Or don't worry about finding that super great job that you're going to love going to every day. Or don't worry if your kids are doing well in school. Right? Or don't worry about being single. Or don't worry about making that super important business deal that, that just you know, means a lot to the company. Don't worry about doing that. Or don't worry about politics. Jesus is saying, he's just simply saying, he's like, hey, Whatever those things that you worry about, he's like, don't worry about them and don't worry about your life. And as I'm sitting here, you know, I'm thinking this week, I'm like reading this. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So what's Jesus like? You know, what's he saying here? Is he saying, you know, those things aren't important to us? Like, should those things not important? Should we not spend time, you know, thinking about those things? That's not what he's saying here. All right, the point of what he's saying is not school's not important, unfortunately. All right? He's not saying retirement's not important or the kids are not important or health is not important. That's, that's not what he's saying. He, his point is all those things are important and there is uncertainty related to all of those things. We get that, right? I mean, we understand that there's uncertainty. We don't know everything that's going to happen. Right? And it's not always going to work out the way that we want them to, right? It's not always going to work out perfectly in our minds, but we still don't have to worry about it. See, there's a way to face uncertainty tomorrow without having to worry about it today. And that's what he's trying to tell us. In in the next half of that verse, he asks this question. He says, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? I mean, think about that. He's saying, isn't life more than what you eat and, and, and your body more, more than clothing? What he's trying to do, he's trying to pull us out of our hyper-focused thinking here, because this, this is what we do. I mean, he's trying to pull us out of that. You know, it's, oh, no, what about my 401k? How's that doing? Or, oh, no, my car, oh, and he's fixed again. You know, I can't believe that. Or, oh no, they're, you know, my friend or family member, you know, they're in the hospital again. See, those things in our life that we focus on, and that's, and that's what we all, including myself, um, we tend to do. And Jesus is saying, hey, pull out of that for just a second. And he's saying, isn't life more than what you wear? And we're like, well, yeah, of course, you know, of course, you know, I believe that. 
Or isn't life more than retirement? Meaning, does life equal retirement in your mind? Well, I think most of us in here, we'd agree, well, you know, of course, life's technically, you know, more than retirement. Isn't life more about school? Isn't life more than passing your class? Well, yeah, but it's still, it still means something. It's still important. See, here's, here's the deal. And again, I struggle with this too. I'm, you know, we're all the same. See, part of our problem is we all have these wants. Okay, there's a difference between wants and needs. We get that. But we all have these wants. And a lot of our wants are important. Okay? But what we want in our life, a lot of times, we allow it to take over our life. And our focus, which should always be focused on God, all right, our focus begins to shift from God to those areas in our life that we have these wants that are super, super, super important to us. And when that happens, we aren't trusting in God to provide for us. All right, we're not trusting in God. We're worrying about it. We spend time thinking about it. About it. it starts to take over our life. Our focus that should be on God shifts to those things, and God becomes a secondary thing in our life. And then Jesus says something super weird. All right? He says this. He says, consider the birds of the sky. All right? What? You know, some of us, if we're going through something, we're like, what? I don't have time to think about the birds. All right, I need a job, or my marriage is falling apart, or I need to figure out this financial problem, or my husband wants a divorce. Like, I don't have time to consider the birds of the sky. I don't have time to think about the birds. Just hold on for a second, okay? The next half of the verse, he says, consider the birds of the sky. He says, they don't sow or reap or gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus is saying, hey. Look at the birds. They don't have a 401k, right? They don't have, you know, a college education. They don't protect their kids from every tiny little thing that could possibly go wrong or hurt them in their life. Birds don't do that. They do the exact opposite. They build their nest as high as they can, and when the baby birds get old enough, they kick them out, right? <laughs> Good luck. That's what birds do. All right, birds, they don't try. All right, they don't know why they do what they do. Right, they think to themselves, oh, you know, I think, I think we should go south. And they go, you know. They don't have plans. They don't have any idea what's going on around them. They don't have a schedule. They don't have a calendar that they're like, man, I got to keep to this. You know, they don't have anything like that. And then think about us. We're out there and what do we do? We're trying. Some of us, we are wearing ourselves out trying to get those things that we want. We're wearing ourselves out. The birds, they just, I don't know, go with the flow. Right? They, they, just, they just operate on instinct. That's, that's just what they do. And so he says, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks this question. This is important. This is key. And he's asking them. He says, aren't you worth more than they? He's like, look at the birds. All right, think about it. Birds are 
They're everywhere. I could walk outside right now and I'd see birds, right? They're all over the place. And a bird, like your average bird, is not worth much, okay? Nobody really cares necessarily about the birds. I know there's probably some people in here that you, like, do the bird watching and, you know, you catch them and tag them and, you know, I I actually went to... um, my wife got me wrangled into this thing once where we went to this, like, nature preserve thing, and I ended up, I was, like, found myself an hour later with a bunch of Ohio State students, and we were catching birds and tagging them, and it was, like, it was a mess, and I'm just like, what am I doing here? Anyway, that's not even in my notes. I just was thinking about that, like, oh, I hate birds. Um, but the people that I was with were really into the birds, okay? I'm like, this little blackbird, there's, like, a hundred of them outside my house, but that's very important to them. But uh, think about the birds outside. We don't value the birds as, like, worth much. I mean, again, 99% of us don't. Meaning when we see a dead bird on the ground, we don't think, oh, no, this world's a little more dim, you know. We don't think to ourselves, oh, there's a dead bird. Oh, no, this world has lost so much. We don't think that because a bird to us is not worth a whole lot. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And, and by the way, I know, again, somebody might be in here and you might have some expensive bird in a cage at home. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus, think about it. He's sitting outside and he's sitting on this, this big hill and he's talking to all these people and he's probably pointing. He's saying, hey, um, hey, look at the birds. All right, you see those? There's some, he's, he's probably pointing up at them. He's saying, look at the birds. They don't worry about stuff. They don't plan things out. They don't have this going on and that going on. The birds, they just fly around and eat and have babies and end up dying, okay? That's what birds do. He's saying nobody thinks much about them. And he's saying God takes care of them, though. Not that a bird's going to live forever, okay, because birds do die, right? Um, He's not saying that nothing bad, you know, the bird's going to live forever. He's saying through their life, the life that God has appointed them to have, all right, he's saying God takes care of them. He makes sure that they're fed. He makes sure that they're okay. And then Jesus poses that question. He says, do you believe that God values the birds more than you? Like, do you actually believe that? Do you believe that God cares more for you than the birds? All right, and I know some of you in here, you're going, wow, that's, that's deep. I don't know. I don't know if I have enough Bible knowledge to answer that question. Look, so I'm going to ask you, and I want an audible answer, okay? Do you think God places more worth on you than the birds? Okay, all right. Now that we're all on the same page, that's what Jesus is trying to make. That's his point that he's trying to say, all right? God values us. He cares for us. He looks at us and he thinks, oh, man, you are so valuable to me. He looks down at us. He says, man, you have so much worth you don't even understand. And it's not worth, by the way, that we have earned in any way because we aren't worth anything when you look at it that way. It's worth that he, for some reason, because of his love for us, it's worth that he has placed on us. It's the worth that he has given to us. He's saying, I value you. And that's what he wants us to understand. He'll get to providing in just a second. But first, he's like, first, you need to understand my value 
or you need to understand the value that I place on you. We need to understand our value to him. Because if he doesn't value us, then there's no reason for him to provide for us. I mean, that makes sense to us. If we have no worth to him, then what's he's, you know, he has got no reason whatsoever to take care of us and to provide for our needs. And so next verse. All right, verse 27. He says, can any of you add one more moment or one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Right? Good question. Right? Does worrying help with anything? No. Actually, now with science, we know that worrying is actually physically bad for us. Like, it's not good for us to have stress and worry, right? And he says, and why do you worry about clothes? Why? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, just burned up, he says, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or, oh, what will we drink? Or, what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles, they eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows, he knows that you need them. He, Jesus, he's out there. He's just like, you know, he's on this hill. He's talking to thousands of people. And he's just like, guys, I get it. I get it. I understand. I get that you have needs. I get that you have wants and that you have needs. By the way, we understand the difference between those, right? I mean, we get the difference between wants and needs. Um, a lot of times we want something like so bad that it becomes a need for us, all right? And that's an issue. Um, I think a lot of times, right, we get, um, we get wants and needs mixed up because of that. Again, when we want something so bad, it starts to shift over to what we view as a need. Um, just a... For the last, like, three years, I've been wanting, like, a tractor. Okay, not a big, massive tractor, just a little, nice, you know, old Ford cheap tractor. I don't even have a reason to why, um, because I, only, I live in town, and I live on a three-and-a-half, three not three-and-a-half, I wish I lived on a three-and-a-half, a three-quarter acre lot, okay? And uh, so I got no business having, a, having a, even a little tractor, but, you know, I'm thinking to myself, as I'm going to auctions and stuff like that, I do that stuff a lot, and I see these tractors, I'm like, man, and it started to grow. You know, I'm like, I, you know, it came to the point where I'm like, I need a tractor. And I'm trying to explain it to Kay, I'm like, we need this. I could plow my driveway with it. You know, I could, if the car gets stuck, I could just pull it out with the tractor. I could do all this stuff with the tractor. And then six months ago, I ended up finding one on Facebook, and I ended up buying a little tractor. And, um... And for the last six months, it's just been sitting there. <laughs> I don't, there's nothing for me to do with it. And so sometimes things in our life, you know, some things in our life we think that we need, but the reality is we actually don't. And by the way, this isn't always physical stuff, all right? It's not always stuff. Sometimes it's not, it's not physical. Sometimes it might be that relationship, or maybe it's relationships, Right? We want friends, or maybe it's that one relationship that we're looking for, and we're like, I need this. Or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's respect. Maybe it's respect at home, or work, or at school, 
where we're thinking to ourselves, we're like, man, you know, I need this. Or maybe it's just understanding for something. I just need to understand. Or maybe it's information where it's just like, I just need to know why. Why this happened or why it was like this. I just need to know. And so what happens is when we don't get, a lot of times when we don't get what we want, it devastates our life. It like rocks our world. It messes us up. We lose hope. You know, it bothers us so much because we don't get that thing that we wanted. Or we still have hope and we spend all our time worrying about it. Right, where it's like, oh, no, how's it going to happen? Or, you know, is it all going to work out? Or is it going to happen the way that I want it to happen or the right way? You know, we start worrying about all this stuff. And so here Jesus is saying, he says, hey, I got two things in, in this verse we just read. He's like, I, I got two things that I want you to just understand. Number one, worrying does not help. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't help your life in any way, actually, all worrying does is it shifts your focus from God to these areas in your life that we're worrying about. He's like, not good. Worrying does not help. And the other thing is that he's saying, I know exactly what you need. He's saying, worrying about stuff, that doesn't help. Worrying about your wants doesn't help. Worrying about your needs doesn't help either. He's saying, I know exactly what you need, and I totally understand that some of your, that your needs are important, and even some of your wants, that they're important. It's not that a lot of your wants don't matter. It's not that some of these things that you're worrying about don't matter. He says many times, it, you know, he's saying many times it does matter. Many times it is important. And so our question that we should be asking this morning is really, how do we get to that point where we understand that we don't have to worry? How do we get to that point that we understand that, uh, that we can recognize God, that God values us, the fact that God values us and places worth on us? Or how do I get to, the, to, the, uh, to that point where I understand that he actually really knows my needs? Like, how do we get there? Jesus, he actually answers this in the next verse. He says, this is how I do it. You want to know how to get there? You want to know how to remove that worry in your life? You want to know how to, how to understand that I value you and that, and that I also, you know, you want to know how to trust that I know what you need? He says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Actually, could you back up to the beginning of that verse All right, real quick? Notice what he's saying. He's saying, keep your focus on God. He's saying all these areas, and maybe it's just one area, maybe it's one very important area in your life that has a bunch of wants that you, need, that you really, really, really want, and it's taking up all your time, and it's taking up all your effort. And maybe, or maybe it's like 30, you know. All these little pieces that are just kind of taking it out of you. And he's saying, he's saying, hey, keep your focus on God, not on those areas. Right? Notice the third word here. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. He's saying, you got to do it first. You got to put God first. God's got to be number one. 
I mean, if you have all these other areas, then God's going to slip and, and it's just going to go down and d- down the line. You know, we all have this hierarchy of, of wants and needs in our life, uh, or, or the things that we worry about, or the things that we value. And, and God should be at the top, but a lot of times these things, they creep up and then God starts creeping down in our life uh, because of what we value. And Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, before you begin to think about all these things in your life that you want, I get it, you have wants, I get it, you have needs, before you think about school or grace, or your marriage or your retirement or your finances or your car or your house or, you know, your relationships or any of these things. He says, before you think about all that stuff, first, before any of that, first, adjust your focus onto God. Adjust your focus from these things to God. Because that's where it belongs. Everything else is secondary. Compared to our relationship with God, everything else doesn't really matter. Not saying it's not important. Just saying compared to our relationship with God, secondary. You do that, he says all these things will be provided for you. He says you keep your focus on me. Don't worry about all those things. Don't, don't. Spend all your time and energy and effort into your life thinking about all these things that you feel like you need. He's saying, don't do that. Just trust in me. Just focus on me. Just focus on God. He's like, I'll take care of it. It'll be all right. I got this. Now, I feel like I have to say this. Does that mean that God's going to give us everything that we want? No. Does that mean that God's going to give us everything that we need? Oh, yeah. That's good. That should pump us up. It's not a get-rich scheme. You know, it's not, you know, oh, God's going to, you know, some churches, you know, they, and pastors, they preach, oh, yeah, come to us or give us your money, and God's going to bless you in this way and this way and this way, and you'll be getting rich. That's not what Jesus is saying here. That is not the truth. This does not mean that we get all of our wants. It's not what Jesus is saying. And it does not mean that things that we don't want, meaning bad things in our life, will just go away. He's not saying, oh, yeah, focus on me and your life's going to be perfect. Focus on me and it's, and it's going to just go great for you. Actually, in John 16, Jesus, which is later on after this story, really, Jesus says the exact opposite. Jesus is like, hey, guess what? If you're a Christian, meaning you have a real relationship with me, he's like, Life's going to get probably harder. And he's like, you're going to suffer. There's going to be things in your life that, there's going to be bad things in your life. But he's like, but don't worry, even when those bad things come, he's like, I guess what, I'm here. You can trust in me. You can rely on me. I'm your rock. Like, I'm, I'm here for you. He's saying there's going to be people in your life, just because you're a Christian, there's going to be people in your life that are around you that aren't going to like that. And just because you're a Christian, they are going to make your life harder. Just because you follow me is what he's saying in John. And so what this means for us is this, is that because God values us and because God knows, he knows our needs, we could trust in his promise to provide for us. I mean, we could trust him. By the way, how do we know if we truly believe 
mean, how, how do you know if you truly believe that God's going to take care of you? How do you know if you truly believe that God will provide for your needs? How do you know where you're at on that? I think you can answer that question with another question, and that's this. How much time do you spend worrying about things? How much time do you spend worrying about all the different areas in your, in, in your life? I get it. We all, have, we all are prone to worry about stuff, and we all do worry about stuff. All right, we all do the exact opposite of what Jesus is telling us. Hey, don't do that. All right, we all do it. But my question is, how often do you worry? I mean, you can't just sit there and think, oh, yeah, I trust God in a general sense that he's going to protect, that he's going to um, not just protect me, but he's going to provide for me. I, I trust in God. You can't just sit there and think that and then worry about all this stuff because I would say, no, you don't trust in God because you're trusting in yourself that you can fix all these problems in your life that, in all honesty, you probably don't have the control over anyway to fix even if you wanted to. See, worry is the lack of trust in our life. So when we're sitting there and we're worrying about something, remember that that is us not trusting God to provide for us our needs. And so my question for you this morning is, do you trust that God will provide for you? Do you trust that God will provide for your needs? I mean, we're in this series called Why Believe? And uh, I guess my question, if you're a skeptic and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't buy this or you know, whatever, I guess my question for you would be, why not believe? Like, why would you not want to believe that God gives you worth, that God assigns to you value? Why would you not want to believe that God knows every little need that you need? All right, why would you not want to believe that God wants to? He just doesn't promise to provide for us. He wants to provide for us. God gets joy providing for our needs. Why would you not want to believe that? I mean, what isn't to like? It's God saying, it's Jesus saying, hey, we got this gift and I'm going to take care of you. The God of the universe who's completely all-powerful, who made the stars, who knows the stars by name, who knows you more than you know yourself. It might not be the way that you want. But think about it, you don't even know what's best for yourself. You might think that you do. But only God knows what's best for you. And so for those of us in here, I mean, whatever we're facing, what's awesome is that we can have peace. We can have comfort. We can have security. Knowing that God will provide. And he's going to take care of us. We don't have to worry. We don't have to panic. We don't have to spend all our time thinking about all these various things in our life. Worry doesn't have to take focus. Our wants in our life, they don't have to take focus from God. They shouldn't. That should get you excited. I mean, that should pump you up, right? That should give you some joy saying, oh, man, okay, yeah, I could, st- I could, I could get unhyper-focused. You know, I don't have to focus on these. Oh, man, I don't have to worry about all this stuff. God's got it. I might not get everything that I want, but I don't, I don't need those things. Those aren't needs. If they're not needs, I don't, I don't need it. God values us, and because God knows our needs, he promises to provide for us. And because of that, 
That should bring some joy to our life. Let's pray. God, we, we love you. Um, we don't show you that enough, and we don't tell you that enough. God, we thank you so much for promising to provide for our needs, to, prom- to promise to provide for us. God, we thank you for caring enough about us to provide for us. And God, we, we thank you that we don't have to worry about all these things. It just wears us out. God, thank you for the fact that we can just rest in you. It brings us comfort. Lord, it should bring us joy. God, we thank you for that. We'd ask that as we go into this week, God, that that would show up in our life. That people would be able to see the joy in our life. People would be able to see the fact that we don't have to worry, that we're not worrying about things. And, and we're a lot happier, to be honest, because of that. Even when bad things come in our life, would you promise they will? God, we can have joy. God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.